Amen, beautiful song, amen. You know, those uh, hymns that we sang and that special number is already a sermon by itself about our topic tonight, <laughs> right? If you, if you um, paid attention on the lyrics of that special number, that's already a preaching in itself. So thank you, Trio, for that beautiful song. And uh, I'm so blessed that I saw Rochelle singing again. Amen. <laughs> you know, I, it's like a throwback for me because when they were young, they were always, uh, Rochelle was always the soloist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, thank you for your presence. Wow, uh, we are many few. Oh, we are many. <laughs> we are many tonight. Thank God for your faithfulness. Okay, so I will be preaching about, uh, very obvious, right? The house of God tonight. And uh, our text is found in Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 to 16. You know, I would like us to pray for each other, especially when it comes to teaching and preaching the Word of God. You know, all of us here, almost all of us here are teaching, right? And, and uh, some of us are preaching because it's not easy. You know, there's a story about a preacher's young daughter who always noticed when her daddy would pause and bow for a moment before he preaches the Word. So when she asked her, uh, her dad about it, her dad said her dad was so thrilled that her daughter was asking why he's bowing his head for prayer for a moment because it means to say that her daughter or his daughter was listening to his preaching so he explained to his daughter you know what i i'm praying to the lord to help me preach a good sermon in his house he said and the daughter replied, then how come he doesn't do it? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that's why we really have to pray. You know, I hope you will not say that to me tonight. <laughs> because we know that just being here in the house of God is already a blessing. Amen. We can already enjoy the fellowship, you know, the prayer. Praying as a church, especially when, you know, Pastor Jether is... Uh, uh, enumerating all those prayer requests and praises. You know, we are doing it as a church. That's the difference there. It's not individual. Prayer meeting is a blessing to the church. And the promise, of course, that the presence of the Lord is always in our midst every time we gather, right? So before we go to our preaching, let uh, me open in a word of prayer. Lord, thank you once again for tonight. Thank you for so blessed already with... Uh, our fellowship with the presence of each and every one, the messages of those uh, hymns and the special number. We are so full already, Lord. But we just desire to once again hear from the Bible, from your holy word. And so, God, please forgive us from all our sins. Purify us, Lord, as we approach your holy word and bow to your holy throne of grace tonight. Thank you for the faithfulness of my brethren here and for those who are watching and listening through virtual and live stream. Lord, please help us. Give me wisdom from above as I will deliver this short message to your children. 
And for those who are listening who doesn't have the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, we also pray for them, Lord. We just pray to God that maybe a missionary can go to their place to share the gospel. And maybe you can also use, Lord, this message so that they will see the author and finisher of our faith, the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so in Matthew chapter 21, verse 12 to 16, it's about the cleansing of the temple. And this happened before or after the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, right? So in verse 12, the Bible states, And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. And in verse 16, and said unto him, Hearest thou what this say? And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, ye have, have ye never read out or have Ye never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. You know, I will go straight to my first point, and I got it from verse 12, and when we talk about the house of God. The house of God is not a house of profit. In verse 12, we notice that Jesus went into the temple. And drove out all those who were buying and selling. And he overturned those tables of the money changers. And the stools of those who sold pigeons or doves. You know, if we apply, if we apply this to our church, it will, remind us, it will remind us that the church is not a marketplace. Jesus said, not a house of merchandise. It's good he did not say, not a house of cooking and eating, right? <laughs> Amen. There's a story about an agent, you know, working in the market for burials to churches, meaning burial plots for sale. And you know what his marketing strategy is? It goes like this, rest in peace for $20 a month. <laughs> I just made that up. You know, kidding aside, the point here is if Jesus drove away those who made the temple of God a marketplace during his time, then we should never do it in our church. Just imagine if I bring chicken and, and goats in the church and sell it to you, right? <laughs> The reason the house of God must not be made a house of selling and buying is because of his holy presence. This is the promise of Christ himself. Remember in Matthew chapter 8 verse 20. 
for two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. What is the reason we are so excited to go to church? <laughs> what is the reason why uh, my wife is always encouraging us, hey, come on, get up now. We have to go to church. We have to go there early. And I think of this because I'm guilty sometimes. Instead of me, like, you know, hey, come on, guys. Let's wake up early. We have to prepare early, you know. Because when we go to church, the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is there. Every time we gather, spiritually speaking, God's holy presence is in our midst. So we must not, you know, we must make sure that we behave godly and the motive is right. You know, Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to what? Behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of what? The living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. You know, just this verse alone, if it will grip our heart, then we come to, you know, really understand how important Bergen Bible Baptist Church really is. You know, there are practical things to do in church based from this verse. And I would say this, we must make sure that we honestly act properly inside the church. And I think that's one of the reasons why we make sure also that we dress properly. You know, some other preachers, some other, you know, some other churches, they don't really adhere to, you know, dressing properly to go to church because they said during the New Testament, they don't have any Americana or something like that. So they come to church raggedly. But I think for us, our basis is this. We come to church dressed properly because we want to respect the presence of the Lord in our midst. I think that's where we are coming from, from uh, that type of doctrine, right? So when we say we behave honestly and act properly inside the church, the practical application for this, of course, is according to, uh, like from the verse 12, that there's no supposed to be buying and selling. No quarreling, gossiping, yelling, or bullying inside the church. No drinking coffee or fellowshipping in the kitchen while the church is, service is going on, right? <laughs> or not assembling our own Sunday school at the main entrance when the, when the Sunday school is going on in here. <laughs> you know? Why? Because the church is the church of the living God. The living God is present here every time we gather. In fact, as a child of God, his presence cannot be ignored in our lives. Where can we find that? We can, where can we find that? 1 Corinthians 3.16. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? You know, his presence brothers and sisters in the Lord, is a 24-7 fact and truth. Tonight, 
is just a waste of time if we do not believe that God is not present in our midst. Paul also said in 1 Timothy 3.15 that the church is the pillar and ground of truth. You know, I came to know the truth about the gospel here in this church. And I always say this as a testimony because during my high school years, like four years in, in RC seminary, I was never told about the gospel. That's a seminary school. I was never told about John 3.16. I was never told about salvation by grace through faith. So it is very important that churches, you know, should be pillars and grounds of truth, not for making profit or personal interest or benefit. Let's go to my second point. The house of God is a house of prayer. That was emphasized in that special number, right? You know, in verse 13 said, And Jesus said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer. How could we call our church a house of prayer if no one will come to pray? I firmly believe that if we distance ourselves from church, then our prayer life is affected. Worst, the danger of getting into a backslidden life, you know. I believe one of the cures when we become spiritually lukewarm is to fellowship and pray with the brethren. Amen. The Bible is very clear. There is power in prayer. Take note of 1 John 5.14. And this is the confidence that we, it says there, we, right? It, it didn't say I. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. When we were praying along with Pastor Jethro a while ago, we were not doing it individually. We were doing it as a church, corporately. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They, right? In fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. You know, someone said, the way it's they will look to you all starts with who you're looking to. In Psalm 121 verses 1 to 2, Psalm 121 verses 1 to 2, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. You know, when we are praying to God, we are praying to the Creator, the Creator of heaven and earth, the one who created us. We thank God for the power of prayer. You know what Pastor David Jeremiah said? Prayer is the way you defeat the devil, reach the lost, restore a backslider, strengthen the saints, send missionaries out, and cure the sick, accomplish the impossible, and know the will of God. You know, tonight we are here to pray, not to play. 
We are here to make sure that our church is indeed a house of prayer. Amen? Not a house of thieves. Jesus said, my house is a house of prayer and not a den of thieves. You know, I would say that we will be guilty of making the house of God a den of thieves if we are not willing to offer our time to pray. Prayer chain ministry, Wednesday prayer meeting. So I would say tonight, I thank God for his mercy and faithfulness for making it possible for us to offer our time to pray for his glory tonight. It's only by his grace and mercy. Now I would like to quote a Christian quote by Paul Bellheimer. Quote, when a church is truly convinced that prayer is where the action is, that church will so construct its corporate activities that the prayer program will have the highest priority. I just praise and thank God for that prayer chain ministry every Saturday and this Wednesday prayer meeting. At least we have a ministry, right, for praying as a church. Another quote, a Christian quote by Edward Bounds. Quote, what the church needs today is not more or better machinery, not new organizations or more noble methods, but men whom the Holy Spirit can use, men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. You know, I thank God as a church, as I've said, we have some ministries for prayers, prayer chain ministry for Saturday, Wednesday prayer meeting, but sad to mention that prayer meeting is the least attended gathering. Let me go to the third point. The house of God is a house of pity. In verse 14, verse 14, And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. You know, we may not be physically blind. We may not be physically blind or lame. But take note, before our salvation, we are blind and lame. Spiritually speaking. Some of us, I believe, were saved when we heard the preaching of the gospel in the house of God, inside the church. You know, the church is supposed to be a place of help. And I thank God for our household of faith ministry in Bergen Bible Baptist Church, right? The church is supposed to be a place of hope and healing. You know, there's a verse in Mark chapter 2, verse 17, where Jesus said, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are what? Sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You know, the church is in a way the hospital for sinners, and the doctor is the Lord Jesus Christ, and his prescription is the gospel. In Romans chapter 10, verse nine to, verses 9 to 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with thy heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 
we want people to get help in the church. Bringing me to my fourth point, the priests and Pharisees are invited in the house of God. In verse 15 to 16, in verse 15, we notice that the chief priests and the teachers of the law became angry when they saw the wonderful things Jesus was doing. And the children shouting in the temple, you know, Hosanna, Hosanna, praise to the son of David. And in verse 16, they asked Jesus, do you hear what they are saying? And Jesus answered, Indeed I do. Haven't you ever read this scripture? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. You know, one of the reasons many does not want to follow Jesus is because of what they see in church. They do not see what the church is claiming to be. At times, there is no unity. I mean, if there is division or, or split in churches, we are not only destroying the testimony of the church, but we are blemishing the name of our founder, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our unity or harmony as followers of Jesus is a vital testimony to the unbelieving world. You know, Mahatma Gandhi, I shared this during our Sunday school last Sunday. Mahatma Gandhi said, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. You know, it's, it's hurting to, to hear this, but there is some truth in this. The church is supposed to be a welcoming place for sinners. And sad to say that there are so many churches that just welcome the wealthy. The ones who can give. But the priority is supposed to be, the Bible said, those who are sick. Jesus said, those who are lost. Remember the story in Matthew 9, 10 to 13. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You know, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And all of us are sick because of sin, amen? Including Mahatma Gandhi. By the way, <laughs> the Bible states in the book of Romans, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the punishment of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the message in the house of God. That's our message in our church. That's the blessed hope for sinners. And the reason why we're so passionate about this is because we experience it ourselves. Last but not the least. The house of God is a house of praise. Again in verse 16 they were shouting right. Those 
children were crying, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. And the Pharisees were so insulted. You know, so many chose not to believe the Lord Jesus Christ. But that will not discourage us because we know that the Bible is telling us that it's only the Lord Jesus Christ that these people can have hope in the future. Jesus answered, Haven't you ever read the scripture? Out of the babes and sucklings thou hast preferred perfected praise. When we are singing in this church, we are praising the Lord. When we are praying in this church, we are praising the Lord. When you come to Wednesday prayer meeting, you are praising the Lord. You are worshiping the Lord with your presence. When you are listening to the word of God, we are praising and worshiping and thanking the Lord. So many avenues when we are inside the church. Like the children in the temple, we come here tonight to praise the Lord. We did not come tonight not just because we are expected to be here. But because as a church, we want to worship and pray to our God. You know, the New Testament word for church in Greek is ekklesia, meaning to be called out or to call together. That's why uh, preachers always emphasize Hebrews 10.25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As the manner of some is, but exhorting one another in so much the more as ye see the day approaching. You know, someone said going to church isn't just going to a service in a building. We're really talking about what it means to be the people of God, the body of Christ, the community of God's people. Yes, we are talking about the house of God tonight, but it also pertains to the church of God, the body of Christ, not the building. We have this personal relationship with Christ, not the building. We also have the fellowship with one another, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And worship is one way we build our unity as a church, and it brings glory to God. Remember this, when we gather in worship, prayer and praise, we meet with the living Christ, the head of the church, the Son of God. That's my conclusion. If you are listening tonight, and you are not sure that God is listening to your prayer. You know, the Bible says we can only approach with boldness the throne of grace if we have the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Now, if you're listening tonight, and it seems that God is not listening to your prayer, why don't you consider studying the verse in John chapter 14, verse 6? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. It is only through the Lord Jesus Christ. To understand why Jesus said that verse, I would recommend you to start reading the book of John. And I guarantee you, I promise you, you will be blessed and you will experience what being a child of God really is. You will discover and experience the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. You will know what it meant to approach with courage and boldness 
the throne of God's grace. In Matthew 6.33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You know what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness, you know who who's embody, embodies that? Jesus Christ embodies the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And it is only through him that we can approach God's throne of grace. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you once again for reminding us about the importance of supporting the church as a whole. Lord, thank you that you brought us here in Bergen Bible Baptist Church. And I just pray to God that we will continue to work together for the glory and praise of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.